is Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast, and I'm your host, Bet Lucas. I have five crazy kids, a full-time career in a mostly male industry, and I've been on a health journey where I've lost over 40 pounds. On this podcast, you will find encouragement for your own unique journey. You'll be provided tools to help you not just survive this life, but thrive in the areas of health, career, and family. So come live your big, bold life with me. Are you ready? I sure am. Welcome to Living Your Big, Bold Life podcast. I am your host, Bette Lucas. Today, we dive into all things childcare. And to be honest, I recorded this episode a few months ago. We were in the middle of quarantine. Kids had just started virtual schooling. And I always get a lot of questions about how we handle childcare, but I was getting more and more. And especially many knew that we had recently had an au pair move in with us and they wanted to understand and learn more about our au pair experience. So I was like, oh, I'm going to record an episode about childcare. Many also knew that Spencer and I have always worked outside of the home, even since we began our parenting journey. And for those of you that don't know, we have five young children. They're ages 10 and under, and with number six on the way, and which we are completely thrilled about. So I do get a lot of questions around daycare and nannies, au pairs, babysitters, you name it. What's the best solution? How did you find help? What did you do with the schedule? But I have to be honest, I almost didn't publish this episode because there's just been so much up in the air on people's plans and needs and routines. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just hold off. And some of you are now working from home and there are daycares and schools that are open, ones that are closed or You're waiting to hear if you're virtual only for school in the fall, or you already know that you are. So there's just a lot of unknown. And I was thinking, oh, maybe this episode wouldn't be applicable to people right now. And then I was like, Pat, what are you thinking? No, this might be needed now more than ever because there are people out there needing help and childcare that never needed help and childcare before. Because their kids were at school and they didn't need someone in the home with their kids. So I'm sensing this panic and also this urgency. And so that is why I decided to finally get this episode out there. And I'm hopeful it's really helpful to you, even though it may not apply to exactly to like your situation. Maybe it helps you understand our thought process as our family was growing and our careers were changing and how we went from daycare to nannies and au pairs and babysitters and kind of how we've put all of that together. And I'm going to be honest with you, our childcare needs have really ebbed and flowed. And sometimes we've needed a lot of help and other times we haven't needed as much help. And people too quickly assume that your needs in childcare are always just going to increase, increase, increase if your family is growing, growing, growing. 
And no, not really. There's a lot of peaks and valleys and there's so many different seasons. Um, For example, for us, you know, we had times in our career where we were both traveling a lot and so we needed more help. And then there were times when, you know, we were newer parents and we had a lot of young babies and sometimes it felt like we needed to ask for more help then too. But maybe you're a military family. Maybe you're a family that has a fishing company and you're gone all summer. Who knows? But people don't overly share about childcare. And I really think it's due to a few reasons. First, they truly fear judgment. And I hate to tell you this, but I do get judged by certain people because I have nannies and I work and they don't approve of that. And that's so sad and so bizarre because in 2019, 65% of households had two working parents. So that means there is a lot more people requiring childcare and help. And that's just one small statistic. I mean, we could dive into all the different demographics of single parents and, oh my gosh, we could go on and on. So I do find that ironic, and I feel that people don't share about how they handle their child care and fear that you might have a different belief system and you might not like it. And I want to be bold enough to say that we are not all the same, and this is the reality of so many households, and we need to not be ashamed to talk about it. And I want to share the information and help each other out at all, if at all possible. We also have this fear that if we admit that we have help, that we are weak. I especially find this with my stay-at-home moms. And I hope over and over again, I reassure you as a parent that asking for help in your life is going to be necessary at different times. You might be a mom of twins. I don't care if you're a stay-at-home mom. You might need some help. Maybe you are a mom of a lot of young babies and you are literally mentally hanging on by a thread. You probably need some help at times. And you know what? Asking for help is okay. And childcare doesn't have to be what I describe in this episode. It can be a mom. It can be a friend. But I'm telling you over and over again, asking for help is okay. And so I'm bold enough to admit to you, yes, we have childcare. And yes, there have been times in my life I have needed a lot of help. And there's also been times where I've needed less. So ironically, right now, we need a little bit less. Spencer and I are both working from home. We have no commute. We have no customer dinners and lunches, and we're not traveling. I know this is very different than what many of you are dealing with. Because we need less now than we did prior to COVID times. But you know what? Once our work travel and corporate life gets back to normal again, and who knows when that will be, our childcare needs might increase again. Or maybe they won't. But at least we have the tools and information accessible to us to know that we can figure it out if and when needed. So I just encourage you, if you are trying to find childcare solutions, this might be a great one for you. If you have a friend struggling, please share it with them. Heck, you might just be curious because 
I'm pretty transparent about what our child care solutions have been and what they look like today. So maybe just take a listen to that. The last thing I want to share with you before we get started is something I'm kind of sad about. I tell you a lot about our au pair experience in this episode, and many of you have asked me what it's like and do we recommend having one, and I definitely would recommend it. But unfortunately, due to the recent changes in the J-1 visa regulations, the au pairs got ensnared in that web, and as a result, all the au pairs that were scheduled to come this summer and this fall and winter, they can't come now till January 21. And can you imagine we are already in this weird time where people are facing childcare needs that they didn't have before? They're dealing with unknown schooling plans, virtual schooling, and they are trying to find solutions. And one of the possible solutions out there was an au pair, and they have been left empty-handed. And I truly feel for so many of my friends. I had one friend, she is a single working mom of four young kids, and she was told her au pair will no longer be able to come this month. She's just at a loss and having to truly start from scratch. So hopefully I can provide you ideas and solutions for your potential childcare needs, even though you can't get an au pair today, unless it is an au pair that is extending their stay. I still think learning about that process could be helpful for you because we're still going to need childcare in January and onward. And even though that seems far away, it really isn't. It really isn't. We are going to figure this out. And I hope today's episode gives you some ideas and strategies that you can figure out your personal childcare solution during this extremely unique and challenging time. So take a listen and I hope you enjoy it. This early morning, I wanted to share about our au pair experience. I get so many questions from you guys about what is an au pair and should we have an au pair and I need childcare. I'm going back to work. Do I get a nanny? Do I get an au pair? Do I get just a babysitter? What combination is going to work the best for our family? Spencer and I, throughout our whole parenting experience, have worked full-time. So I realize our scenario and our situation may be a little bit different than yours, but we have always needed childcare. We also have wonderful family around us that supports us. However, they have not been a part of our regular childcare rotation. So let me give you a little bit of background of what our child care has looked like, and then I will dive into our au pair experience. So when Spencer and I started to have kids, we were fortunate enough to know a family friend who ran an in-home daycare. So she was actually a sorority sister of my mom's and had been doing child care for 20 plus years. And she lived not too far away from our house. I think at the time it was probably about a 10 minute drive, give or take. And that was wonderful. As a new mom to have not only a wonderful, safe and place for my children, It was also great because she served as a mentor to me in a lot of ways. I remember as a new mom, just often feeling lost and not knowing 
even simple things. I remember Emmy had this pair of shoes and they were like the soulless kind of leather bottom shoes. And one day our family that lived there, she goes, Hey, Bet, um, you might want to get Emmy Lou a real pair of like shoes with soles and everything. And I remember just being kind of embarrassed, but I didn't know at what point do you transition them to real shoes. And it sounds so silly, but it epitomizes being a new mom. And then we had Elliot pretty quickly after having Emmy Lou. She was born about 17 months later. And that time of life for me was super hectic in my career. And I think many of you can relate, not only it being super hectic with having two children who are two and under, but also to that stage of life often being a time of transition. For me, it was a transition. We were moving. We moved from Tacoma, Washington to Gig Harbor, Washington. We were in the process at my work of changing jobs. Spencer was having change in his job. And really, I guess I shouldn't say changing jobs for me. We were selling the company. So we were changing owners. And it was hectic, you guys. It was just, I look back and it was, I love using the word fog, but it was foggy. And again, having the in-home daycare was such a great option for us. I think the only downsides when I look back is having to wake the kids up in the morning and drive and drop them off. And sometimes our kids would still be asleep. So having to do that drive both to there and then pick up when it's been a long day of work. However, they got socialization. They had like a second mom and they loved it there. It was such a blessing and I'm still so, so grateful. So moving on to baby number three, Baby number three, life had calmed down a little bit. We had been living in our new home for a while. I was settled in with my new ownership at work. It kind of epitomizes Bo as a baby. Bo is my third little girl. And she was just a peaceful, sweet, cuddly baby. And that kind of epitomized that time of my life. Anyways, when we were expecting number three, we kind of saw the writing on the wall. We had moved to a different town. And even though the in-home daycare was on the way to work, we were just feeling like we might need to add someone coming to our home. So when I say in-home daycare, it wasn't at our house. It was at her house. Now we were thinking we needed to add a component to have someone in our house. And we started realizing some of the benefits that that could provide us. For example, not having to wake the children up, being able to take naps in their own bed. No matter when we got home, they would be there already. And we didn't have to interrupt someone else's routine and childcare operation. So we started down the path of looking for nannies. And I used care.com. Care.com, for those of you that don't know, is a child care website, nannies and uh, babysitters. And when Care.com first came out, it was such, you know, it was very new. A lot of people didn't know about it. Now many of you know about it today, but it was such a great resource for me. I found 
it to be very easy to use. Profiles are really straightforward. If you wanted to, you could create a profile and post a job, or you could just scroll through people who were looking for work. And we proceeded to have nannies for the last few years. And that has been wonderful. And all our nannies have brought different things to our family and different gifts, different talents. And none of our nannies have looked the same. I really feel blessed because I think each nanny that has been in our life has gifted us at the right time with their unique skills. That being said, there are downsides when you have someone in your home. Your house is probably a little bit more turned upside down, even if they are helping with tidying up and cleaning in addition to childcare. You know, you have your kids live, you know, there during the day now. Maybe if one of you works from home, the blessing is the kids are there. The downside is the kids are there. So it can be louder. Additionally, you have someone in your space more. Some people deal really well with that. Some people don't. So for us, we have found that early in life, the child care, daycare setup was great. Then we found that having the nanny at our house was perfect timing with the addition of baby three. Then came baby four and five. And As we were in those stages, we continued to use a nanny. And that, again, was wonderful. But I also found that we needed to have a bench. And I always tell moms and dads needing childcare that you really need to have a bench, just like in in a sports team. You don't just have your starting lineup. And sometimes what I find is in an effort to be budget conscious, in an effort because it's more work, in an effort to not really want to deal with it, too many parents put their eggs all in one basket. And then if that person is sick, if something unexpected happens, if they need time off and you don't have a bench to rely on, then you're kind of Really, your world is turned upside down. And if one of you is a stay-at-home parent, maybe not so much. But for Spencer and I, if our nanny wasn't showing up or was sick a lot, that is hard for us. That's complicated. And at the same time, we want the people that work for us and support our family and love our children to feel like they can take time off, that they can leave early days they need to if they have their own children. And so having a bench really not only gives you that freedom, it gives them that freedom. So we started kind of thinking like, well, maybe instead of having one nanny that works five days a week plus Why not think about having two nannies that work more of a part-time schedule that could kind of back each other up? And for some of you, I know that seems a little bit different than your original picture. Hey, I just want to hire one person. They're going to work for us, you know, 30 to 40 hours a week, and that's it. But for Spencer and I, sometimes 40 hours a week really didn't meet our needs. Because let's say I was traveling for work for a couple days. Well, 
you can get a 10-hour day in as a nanny pretty quickly. So we really liked this two to three day setup. And we actually did that more recently. And it worked really well. I think our nannies felt like they had someone to back them up. It brought different gifts and skill sets again into our family. I know for some of you that might be listening who don't have childcare, who this is very much a foreign concept. And We all live very unique and different lives. And that's what this podcast is all about is not that we all need to live the same life, but that by living boldly in our own journey, that it encourages others to live bold in theirs. And I think part of me being bold is being honest with all of you. And what does a realistic childcare need look like when you have, again, two full-time working parents who both travel for their jobs. So then Davy, our youngest, number five, early last year, she would have been like a year and a half. We started evaluating and hearing more about an au pair. And I didn't know much about au pairs. I had had some friends have them. And effectively, my basic definition is an au pair is someone who comes over. It can be a male or a female from a foreign country and comes and lives with your family for one to two years. And they are kind of a blend of a foreign exchange student and a nanny for your family. The difference is they live with you and room and board is your responsibility. And I'll go through that shortly. So now you're saying, well, bet you have two nannies that work part-time. And then now you're thinking of an au pair. Wow. That just seems like a lot. And I'm going to even back up more. We also have a pretty good solid list of babysitters or mother's helpers. And those people could back up our nannies if needed. And some of those were school-age teenagers, so not essentially for the day-to-day, but uh, maybe on an evening or maybe if uh, one of our nannies needed to leave early. So again, you're probably wondering, like, why do you need an au pair too? So most of our nannies arrive around 7.30 in the morning, and that can change depending on Spencer and I's work schedule, and then leave around kind of before dinner time. And so what we were seeing is that we were noticing that we wanted to have that flexibility of having more off-hour help. We also felt like our older girls were now, I think last spring they would have been what, nine, seven, and five? Does that sound right? And we kind of thought that they could benefit from kind of a big sister role model, especially being in a big family. And so we saw that as an additional benefit. And then my job, I tend to go into my job really early and try to get off early. And a lot of times I don't want to require our nannies to start that early in the morning. So I was thinking, wow, that could really be a benefit to our family. So we decided to start looking at au pairs as a potential option for us. And I mentioned this on my Instagram stories, but for us, probably just having an au pair would not work. And for many of you, it would. Many of you, that is why you would pursue an au pair is to actually reduce or eliminate all other childcare options. However, 
An au pair is maxed out at 45 hours a week, which again, sounds like a lot for certain parental and family needs. But for our needs, that isn't always the what we need. We often need just a little bit more than that, especially if you combine that with like a date night need or a baby evening babysitting need. Spencer and I really do try to do regular date nights. So we kind of thought, well, the au pair can kind of replace more of our weekly babysitter need. And we don't always get out on a date night every week, but gosh, we sure try. And I sure like it. I know Spencer probably could go without it because he's such a homebody, but I love going out and going to a special dinner or going on a walk or getting out of the house and just being with him. So let's jump into our au pair experience. So the au pair experience to me when starting the process seemed very overwhelming. And that is actually why I wanted to do a podcast on it because I felt that it was kind of like this like thing that people knew was an option, but because there wasn't a lot of like cut and dry facts out there, it felt kind of overwhelming. And so I just started talking to everybody. What did it cost? How does it work? What if your au pair shows up and it doesn't go well? What if they can't drive? What if you don't like someone living in your house? I mean, there's just that whole can of worms, right? Just opened up. And I just started talking to people that what was your experience, positive and negative. And the majority of my friends and people that I knew had really positive experiences. However, I did have a really good friend that had a really negative experience. And then I had kind of friends of friends who had experiences to share. Ironically, though, even though some of my friends who had maybe some complicated scenarios, most of them still continued to have au pairs and recommended it. So we were in a unique scenario where we were pursuing an au pair and we still had our existing childcare. So it felt a lot less stressful to me to start exploring this. I think I can completely relate to some of you, but with a family of five, I think you can imagine that putting all my eggs in that basket could be quite stressful, right? Because you can't meet the au pair in person ahead of time. You do a Zoom call or a FaceTime. So For me, I think that's what really gave me the confidence to move forward and explore this. Also, we are unique and different than probably most of you listening today, where we have five children and realize most of these au pairs that come over are taking care of one, two, three kids. Typically, very few have families of four, five, six. So I also knew that some au pairs were going to not be interested in us as a family just because of our size and the fact that our children are all young. We're not talking about kids that just need picked up and dropped off from school. We still have kids at home. So let's talk about the mechanics of 
the au pair process. So first of all, you need to look at what company you want to use. When we were looking at companies, one of them had a local consultant in our area. And so we met with her and she kind of provided us an outline of the program, the mechanics, how it would work, kind of the matching process. And then along the way really supported us. So we picked a company and this company was called Cultural Care Au Pair. We registered And to register to start the process was $300. And by registering, we created a profile of our family. And that did take some time. Uh, Number of kids, lifestyle, typical daily routine, what's going to be the typical schedule for the au pair. Similarly, these au pairs create au pair profiles as well. So once your profile is done, you are able to search the profiles of the au pair database. And so I never online dated, nothing against it. I just never did. But the only way I can compare it to these profiles kind of feel like you're online dating. It has their picture, it has their name, their age, the country that they're from and currently living in. And then literally it is so detailed. There is disc profile, there is their driving record, there's references, there is often a video from them explaining a little bit more about them. It has preferences. I mean, you name it, number of kids, what they like to do in their free time. Usually there's a gaggle of pictures, maybe that really kind of show their life where they are, you know, pictures with their family and friends. And most of the au pairs that we saw through this company were kind of ages 18 to 25. I actually don't even know if there's a rule around the age an au pair can be, but those were the ages that I saw when we were reviewing profiles. And one of the things to keep in mind was that some of my friends really prefer a younger au pair and some of them like an older au pair. And similar when I was listening to people's experiences and kind of how I've approached childcare in general is I just tried to go in with a really open mind. I think there's sometimes really mature 18 year olds and sometimes in life there's really immature 24 year olds. So I actually didn't go in with a specific age range in mind. However, I probably leaned a little bit more towards the older au pairs because of the fact that we have a bigger family and we have probably more uh, needs than some families. So an interesting thing I found when I was reviewing these profiles was that they can put the max number of children they want. And check this out. They do not get paid differently on their stipend from us and from the company, whether they have one kid or five kids. Hey friends, it's Bet. If you are enjoying today's podcast, I really hope you will join me every week for what I hope you find are inspiring interviews and bold content on topics like family and career and health. And can I also ask you a favor? Can you press that subscribe button and write a review if you like what you hear today? By doing those things, you are helping me get the word out. And I truly would be ever, ever so grateful. It also allows you to be the first to know when new content arrives. So please subscribe today. Now, let's get back to our guests. 
So you can imagine some of these au pairs are probably like, oh my gosh, five kids, heck to the no. (laughs) So I was like reviewing these profiles and my friend was reviewing some at the same time and she was getting different results. And I'm like, I'm so confused. Why can she see this one? And I can't. And what I soon found out is that they filter those ones you see based on those that au pair's preferences. So you're only seeing the ones who said, I would be willing to have a five-kid family. I was just laughing because I just can imagine like some of the au pairs then seeing our profile and going, deny, deny, deny. Because when you have five kids, nine and under, they're like, oh, heck no. And even though I made it clear in our profile that we had other help, I still think that a lot of them are like, no, this is not the experience in the U.S. that I am looking for. So anyways, we paid the registration fee. We started reviewing the profiles. And then you have a set amount of au pairs that you can like. And it's effectively a heart on their profile. And when you like them and they like you back, they can then review your welcome And one thing I didn't realize is that when they get the like from you, they have to review it. And all they review of your profile is just your welcome note. Like, hi, we're the Lucas family and blah, 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 blah. And what someone told me was like, well, bet you're going to have to try to really convince them to take the next step with you and actually read your full profile. Because many of them may see that you have five children that you live in Gig Harbor, Washington, which isn't a big city. And many au pairs are hoping for that kind of big city experience, New York City, Chicago. Some of them have never been to the U.S. And so they only know the U.S. from movies and what they've seen on the internet. And so for them, they're kind of looking for that big city, glamorous, experience. I actually had some that really wanted to be in Vegas or Miami. So however, I wanted to definitely encourage them to take the next step with us and read our profile and maybe meet us over email and through FaceTime. At the same time, I wanted to be very clear of where we lived, how we lived, and that Gig Harbor is in no way, you know, a big city. But in many ways, we feel like we live a very big life. We love going to plays in Seattle. We love going out to eat when we can. And so we love taking little adventures and going to the coast and visiting family. So I think that's what we wanted to make clear. But we knew we would do ourselves no favors by portraying something that we were not and portraying a town that we were not. And so that's my advice to you. And that might mean it takes you a little longer to find somebody, but it does you no good to try to entice someone who wanted to be in a small town, try to entice them to the big city and vice versa. So I think just being very upfront on that. So Other things, we looked for somebody who looked like they knew how to work hard. They maybe have already had some work experience, someone who was maybe juggling multiple priorities. And we wanted someone who seemed outgoing, 
enough where they would make friends and not get homesick, but also somebody who was not so social that they wanted to be out partying every night. So I think that's sometimes hard to see on a profile, but that was very important to us. Also, we wanted somebody who was a really good driver and their profiles do say how long they've had their license. It tells you if they have their own car and how long they've been driving. But I did notice that quite a few of the au pairs had just got their license. And I was cautioned by a friend that, That is something to really try to dive into is their driving experience because many of them who live in big cities rely on public transportation and maybe their family has one car between many different family members and therefore their driving experience is very minimal. Well, because we live in a smaller town, however, you do need to drive quite often. And part of the requirements for our family would be driving kids to school and activities. We needed a solid driver. And I think the fear is, is that we pick an au pair, they say they're a good driver, and then they show up and they're not. So when our au pair arrived, we had her drive around with Spencer and verify her skills. But her driving to me looked very strong because she was driving every day to school or to work. And even though she shared a car with her mom, she was driving every single day and had been driving every single day for quite a few years. So that to me was a really good sign. And I did ask quite a few questions. The other thing that was nice is that when She arrived. She did have an international's license that allows her to drive in the U.S. for one year. And many times, though, pairs still go and get their license, their state driver's license, because they like the ID component. And a lot of times the host family wants them to gain experience of the rules and regulations in that particular state and make sure that they know how to obey the the different rules. So our au pair actually hasn't done that yet. We still may do that. She arrived in January, late January of this year, so 2020, but her driving skills, I would say are superior to most. We do, one of the vehicles we have for our family is a 15 passenger Ford Transit. And I would say her comfort around that vehicle is not great. And that is just because all the vehicles that she drives are extremely small. She regularly drives. We have two vans. So the other van that we drive is a Toyota Sienna minivan. And that one she feels completely comfortable in. We can still fit all the kids in there. And it just seems to work really well for her. To be honest, most of the time she's not driving around all five at a time. A lot of times it's one or two to different activities. It's one or two being picked up from school. It's so it just between Spencer and I and our nanny, if she's working the same day as the nanny, the kids are not always in, you know, all in the car at the same time. Okay, let's dive into costs. So I already talked about the registration fee of $300. What else do you need to look at from a budget standpoint? So the costs for us are as follows. 
We had to pay for her flight to and from Mexico. Our au pair is from Mexico. We have to pay directly to the agency. We had to pay them around $8,800. And then we have to pay our au pair $500 that goes towards education. So she has to take some credits while she's here. Our company requires six credits, I believe. And currently she's doing an online class through one of the community colleges. Some of them let them fly and do like a weekend class that effectively covers like all their credits and they also get to travel and and meet other au pairs. However, due to the current situation with the coronavirus, obviously her travel is really limited. So this was the best option for her education classes. We pay her around $200 a week. And then we had to add her to our car insurance, which, you know, isn't cheap, but at the same time, I don't think it's as bad as adding a a 17 year old teenage boy. So, uh, but we did have to add her there and then cell phone. Everyone handles this differently, but if you remember, I mentioned that she will not get paid differently, whether you have one kid or five kids. And so for us, we feel that we need to provide some additional benefits because she is doing probably more work than some of the other au pairs. And even if it's just by sheer volume, right? So we got her a cell phone for her time here. And then we do pay her cell phone bill and we added her to our plan. And that has worked really well. And I think she really appreciates that. We also had an older iPad and we put that in her room and she's really like that for music. She's like that. She's done actually a lot of her online classes using that. So that's another benefit that we added. Then from a time off standpoint, she gets two weeks paid off a year and two weekends off every month. And a weekend off would be considered like Friday evening through Sunday. And then from an hour standpoint, I already mentioned, but she can work up to 45 hours every week. And effectively what we do is every Sunday, we try to sit down, talk through it and outline the schedule for the week. And that has been just so helpful, right? Because typically when you have a nanny or a daycare, it's very set hours, If now, let's say I have a doctor's appointment, or let's say I'm only working a half day, I can adjust her schedule accordingly as long as she's okay with it. And that has been huge for me and really a game changer. I have to tell you that the biggest concern I had, the biggest fear I had was having someone living in my house. I am a very extroverted person, but actually when I come home, I like being kind of private and we live on 10 acres and I thought, gosh, how is this going to change our family dynamic and different things? And then after she arrived, I soon realized that, you know, I have a very big family, not just immediate, but extended. We always seem to have you know, someone stopping by here and there for dinner or saying hello or visiting the kids. And what I soon realized with our au pair was that it was just really no big deal having her in our presence all the time. And 
I think she has a beautiful gift. And I know that maybe not all au pairs have this. I hope that they do for your sake if you choose to go down this path. But she has a great way of being present and then kind of removing herself. And she seems very independent. She's very present. She sits down and eats dinner with us every night. And when I was going through the costs, I think I mentioned it way in the beginning. All food is your responsibility. And so she sits down and has dinner with us every night, even though if she's not working and she's, it's great. We love having her at the dinner table. We love having her around. And we always, if we're going to, let's say we're going out to eat, we always give her the option to come with us, but we don't require her to do so. So that has just been really something that I was so worried about. I was so concerned and really it has been wonderful. Full disclosure, she does have her own room and own bathroom, and it is kind of separated from the children. And I will say when talking to her, she said that that's been a huge part of a benefit to her experience. She says some of her friends who are au pairs in bigger cities, they have to share a bathroom with the children or their room is maybe right near one of the children that they take care of. So it's hard to have boundaries. And I would say that the more you can give them their space and their privacy, the more content they're going to be. And I'm not saying all au pairs are going to be like that, but I think that's been a huge part. I feel like she has the ability to kind of disappear when she needs to, and then come and be present with us when she needs to. She was telling me like one of the au pairs friends that she knows, and I don't know which company, but they had to share a room with one of the children. And I just think that would be hard after a long day, uh, really never getting a break from the kids. So that has been great. Now let's talk about traveling and costs around that. So again, we wanted to make this year with her, a very positive experience. And so we were going to take a trip to Hawaii this year. And you guys, I think it was so special for her, but you guys, it was really special for us too. Typically when we travel, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, no matter if you take one kid or five kids. And Sometimes my sisters will come with us or a sister will come with us. My sisters are 10 and 11 years younger than me. And one of them is single and will just come with us on a trip. And it really helps me to have an extra hand. She came with us to Hawaii and we paid for obviously her flight. She had her own room. We rented this condominium and we gave her her own room, own bathroom. And then we did have her work while we were there. And that was decided upon in advance. So it wasn't probably like as much work as normal. We tried to like have her have plenty of time at the beach and free time, but we did have her help. And you guys, that was a difference maker. I mean, just for example, if you still have a napper at home to have someone in the condominium that you can leave the napping kid with, and you can go and do an adventure with the big kids. I mean, talk about a difference maker. And then, you know, when we were on vacation, obviously we went out to eat a lot and we we're doing activities and all of those things that were our treat to her. And ironically, while we were there was when kind of the Corona issues were escalating. And 
our school got canceled for the remainder of the year while we were there. And so it was funny. We decided to extend our trip a couple days and she was so excited. We were so excited. And effectively when we came home, that's when kind of the lockdowns all started. So I feel a little guilty because I know so many of you had to cancel your trips and spring break adventures. So I hope that's not throwing salt in your wound, but more to say that she came here to kind of do some traveling and have some unique experiences. And, and really similar to if any of you guys studied abroad, every weekend we went somewhere else. When I studied abroad in Madrid, we were taking the train somewhere. We were taking a long weekend. And that's really what a lot of the au pairs do when they come. And she's kind of missing out on that, as are all the other au pairs in the U.S. right now, because of the lack of an ability to travel. And so I guess we just adore her so much. And we are just so grateful that that Hawaii trip happened for her and for us. It was just, I think, perfect, perfect timing. So I think I've hit all the points of what the au pair experience has been for us. And I'll continue to share kind of my tips and tricks around this. But just remember, as your family grows, as your work changes, if you do work, and I consider being a stay-at-home mom work. So just so we're clear, one of my favorite sayings is all moms work. But I do work outside of the home. As your life shifts, your child care needs to shift with it. And we should be always having an open mind of what that may look like. A lot of times it looks different than we originally planned. And you know what? Such is life. And I have to tell you, during this time of being quarantined at home, both Spencer and I have been working from home, and which isn't normal. We both don't usually work from home five days a week. Sometimes we work from home a day or two here and there. I really don't know what I would have done without her just to have an extra hand because I'm still expected to meet my job requirements. And during this time, it's hard. And to have her help has really, really been a huge, huge benefit. And I'm so grateful. So just know that I totally understand that childcare situations and, and solutions can be overwhelming, can be complicated, but they also can be a beautiful thing for your family. And I can honestly tell you that each person that has been in our life has been a gift to us. And I hope the same goes for you. I wish you all the best. And if you have any further questions on an au pair experience, message me at betlucas at gmail.com. And for more information, you can go to my website, www.betlucas.com. You guys have a wonderful day. Go live boldly, my friends. Thank you for listening today. For more information, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and my new website, betlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you.